Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning. morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. We welcomed you earlier, but now I get a chance to talk a little bit, so it's it's nice to have you. And I, I just wanted to point out that Alpha Video, wasn't that neat? Yeah. The first time I went through Alpha, I think the, the videos were done like in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, everybody had the out-of-style out of clothing and stuff. And so now everything's like really hip and cool. And, and of course, there's a lot, of, a lot of English folks in there. But, you know, they, they've experienced the transformation that comes through encountering Jesus. And so uh, just want to encourage you in that. And, and we'll, we'll have more information coming and have some training stuff happening and all that kind of good thing. So, so anyway... Just wanted to just touch on that. Well, that song, in case you didn't know it, that was Get Rhythm by Johnny Cash. It was recorded by Johnny Cash in 1956. It was the B-side to the single, I Walked the Line. So it's, it's pretty old. But it's, you know, the, the old stuff is, is actually the good stuff. Did you know that? It, it's, it's really the good stuff. It was re-released in September 1969 as an A-side single and reached number 60 on the Billboard Pop Chart a year later. So, there you go. Well, rhythm is... It has a very big part in life. I was hoping rhythm was going to be in here. It would, it, yeah, I thought that would have been cool. He, he keeps saying my name. But rhythm is a big part of life. Now, most of you know, and you saw me playing the guitar. Well, before I ever picked up a guitar, my dad, I think, wanted me to play guitar from the time I was a little kid. But before I ever started practicing the drums, before I ever got a chance to play, I went to the guy who played drums at our church, and I, and I, I asked him, hey, would you teach me how to play drums? And, you know, he's kind of a funny guy, and, you know, they, they say all kinds of funny stuff about drummers anyway, but... Um, but I went to him and I asked him, would you teach me how to play drums? And he says, do you have any rhythm? And I, I just kind of looked at him like, uh, I was 12. I don't know. I, I don't know if I have any rhythm. And he said, well, if you don't have rhythm, there's nothing I can do for you. Well, he ended up teaching me how to play drums. And thank God I had a little bit of rhythm so I could at least learn from the guy, and, and, and he taught me a lot of what I knew, you know, going into, into my 20s. But so much of our lives involves rhythm. Did you know that? Especially when you're doing tedious things. 
And in this song, Johnny Cash is talking about the kid, and he's and he's shining the shoes. If you've ever had somebody shine your shoes, and they they use the rag, and they've got the brush, and they're you know, and 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 the really good guys, you know, they're the ones who get the good tips. You know, they do stuff with the rag, and they do stuff with the brush. They do all these things, you know, to that that just kind of adds a little bit. And so, you know, that, that for style points, you know, you throw in an extra dollar, or you know, these days I think it's like five. So, you know, it, it's it's not as cheap as it used to be. But if you've ever done anything tedious, like stuffing envelopes. Last year we were sending out some letters to everybody that was here at the church and 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 it, it was taking a while and, and I, I found out if I if I've got a little bit of a rhythm, then I then I, I could I could get going and it felt like I was getting stuff accomplished, you know? And I also years ago I I worked as a grocery sacker, and I discovered you know that I could I if I could get a rhythm you know I I, I could be pretty quick, and you know the tossing the cans and doing stuff you know it it, it was it, it was it, it involved rhythm. Well, finding a rhythm makes everything just seem to to go just much better. So. The title of my message this morning, and I've got the little kid up here brushing a shoe, but I want to talk to you about the rhythm of relationship. And our text this morning is all about rhythm, but kind of in a, in a different sense. Last week, we were in a, in a series in the Gospel of Mark, and last week we were talking about what, what went on on that Sabbath day Way back when Jesus was in Capernaum, and one Sunday morning, or, or excuse me, Saturday morning, that's when the Sabbath was, they're in the, in the synagogue, and a, and a guy who had an evil spirit jumps up and confronts Jesus, and he sets the man free. Well, after the service was over, they go home to Simon Peter's house, and his mother's sick. Here his mother-in-law sick. And so when Jesus gets there, Jesus, she's sick, he heals her. And then after later on that, that, that evening, after sunset, this was on the Sabbath, so they really aren't supposed to be doing anything. After sunset, all these people start bringing people to Jesus who need to be healed, who need to be delivered and set free from, from evil spirits. So, if you can imagine, I mean, this was all in one day. We don't usually have days like that. You know, we come to church and we go home and, you know, and that's usually it. We might go out to lunch with somebody, but we don't really have those kinds of things going on. So anyway, in our text this morning, in verse 35 of Mark chapter 1, Mark writes, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, We must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Well now, this is the next day. We've just finished 
the Sabbath. It's, it's Sunday, which was actually the, the first day of the week. Mark doesn't tell us how late Jesus was praying for people the night before. But if you can imagine, it's after sun, sundown, and people just are bringing these people to Jesus. Don't know how long it would take from person to person for, for this person to get healed or that person to be delivered. And so, I can imagine that Jesus, you know, being Jesus, people were coming, and as long as people were coming, He kept praying. You know, that's a good thing about Him. He just, he just takes care of us. That's, that's what Jesus does. Well, they keep, He kept praying, and He kept praying. Well, you know, after a while, it starts getting late. You know, and, and I, I guess everybody finally, you know, everybody gets their needs met. Everybody goes back home. And so, you know, they were staying at, at, at Simon's house. So, you know, let, let's, let's call it a night. So everybody goes to bed and then the next morning, they, they get up and, where's Jesus? Where did Jesus go? Now, you got to keep in mind too, this was just a few days after Jesus had called Simon and his brother Andrew, James and his brother John. These were, these were fishermen, right? And they, they were following Jesus around. Well, he didn't really, I don't think he really told them at this point what was, what was going to be expected, what was going on. And so they're just following Jesus around and, and they're seeing him heal people. He's seen, they, they see him deliver people from an evil spirit. They, they see what, what Jesus is doing. Well, then they start noticing that these people are paying attention, you know, and then they start trying to follow Jesus around. Well, they're good guys. They're, they, they, they work. They, you know, they, they understand how things go, and so they, they've got to earn their keep. And so I, I can just imagine at this point they think of themselves as maybe Jesus' entourage. <laughs> Think about it. Well, Jesus is doing all the healing, so you know we might need to uh, kind of make sure people don't get too close, you know. And then when he's ready, then we'll we'll okay, it's your turn, you know. So so just just play along with me. It might not have been like that, but but this is the way that I read it. This is kind of the interstate version, if you want to call it that. But they they saw themselves kind of like Jesus bodyguards, his entourage, his helpers. You know, they, they, he called them disciples, but he really hadn't made it clear what, what their jobs were. So these people keep coming to Jesus, and so, you know, they see it as their job to kind of handle the crowd and be crowd control. So when Jesus gets up in the morning and they can't find him in the house, uh-oh, we've got to find Jesus because there's going to be people looking for him in the morning. And so they start looking, and they, they and, and I, I can imagine they're scouring around in the town, and 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 then somebody just gets the idea, hey, why don't we go out? Maybe he just went on a walk, and maybe he's out outside of town someplace, and that's what Mark says that that Jesus went out to to the to a quiet place, to a remote place, so that he could be by himself and pray. I think at this point, Jesus was, he wanted his, his disciples to understand. And they, they didn't quite get it yet. But we see it in the Gospels that, that Jesus did this quite a bit. 
in every gospel account, you can read about Jesus getting up early before anybody else got up so he could go out and, and take some time to pray. This was a rhythm that Jesus had. You know, he spent all this time with people and he spent all this time praying. He spent all this time healing. He spent all this time interacting with people. And he saw his most important priority, his time that he spent with Father. The power that was on display in the synagogue. The power that was on display in Simon's home. The power that was, that was on display in the streets of Capernaum flowed from that rhythm of this relationship that Jesus had with His Father. Now, notice once the disciples found Jesus, they told Him that, Jesus, there's, there's more to do. And Jesus agreed with them. Yep, we've got, we've got stuff to do. And Capernaum was just the beginning. And it was almost as if He's saying that, okay, we've, we've done a little bit here. These people over in the other towns haven't had an opportunity yet. So let's, let's go to them. And He was preaching the same message about the kingdom coming. And He was healing the sick. And He was delivering people from the devil's power. I mean, that was, that was what He was doing. That was the MO. That was how He operated. But He also wanted the disciples to see that the first priority was to connect with the Father. They had to get in sync and in rhythm with the Father because that relationship would sustain them in all the work that there was left to do. And later on in the Gospel of John, Jesus was being harassed by some Jewish leaders because He didn't, went and did it again. He healed somebody on the Sabbath. That was against the law. You, you don't do that. And so they're, they're giving Jesus a hard time because He had healed somebody on the Sabbath just like He had done in Capernaum. And Jesus responded to them by saying, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He only does what He sees the Father doing. And whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So, what was God the Father doing in the ministry of Jesus? What, what was happening there? If we look at what Jesus is saying, then God was involved in delivering, in healing, and setting people free. That's what the Father was doing. That's what the Father was about. That's what He wanted to accomplish. And so that's what Jesus set out to do. And the recognition of the Father's purpose came from that rhythm that He had in terms of spending time with Him. And it was more important to do the Father's will than to do people's will. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where, where you have people coming to you and they, they, they're, they're coming to you like maybe you're a boss or maybe you're, you're a supervisor. Maybe you're a, you know, a team leader or, or something like that. And 
they're, they're, people have questions. They want to know. They, they need to know, what's, what, you know what are we doing next. You know, as a camp counselor, it was one of the most stressful things I ever did. I, I enjoyed the one-on-one, but when there was a bunch of kids, it was like, okay, one at a time. <laughs> well, it always seems that, that when, when, you know, when it's, it's our time, you know, everybody else, you know, they, they, it, it's so important that we give it to them. But then, you know, whenever you're trying to get someone else's time, it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm busy. And, you know, you've got to wait in line, you know? Well, it, it's on a, on a practical level, it's easy for us to lose sight of what the Father is doing in our lives when we get busy doing other things. If you're, if you're like most folks, you, you probably find yourself doing the will of other people throughout the course of the week. Have you noticed that? Maybe it's, it's your spouse. And there are things that she or he want you to do before the end of the week. You know, it always, well, I've got things I'd like to do. Well, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Please, can you do this for me? Okay. I do that to Danelle and then she just... Why can't you do it? <laughs> but, you know, there's also, you know, our kids' schedules. Kids have baseball practice. They have basketball practice. Maybe it's, you know, band practice. Or maybe, you know, karate or, or whatever. You fill in the blank. The kids, you know, they've got their schedule. And, you know, until they can drive, it falls back on us, right? have to get them there. So our, our will is being bent to theirs because, hey, I, I've got to be there at 4 o'clock, Dad. <sighs> okay. And then there's our bosses. How many of you have a boss that doesn't really care about what kind of excuse you give them? I need this on Monday. Oh, but you know, it, it, it's a weekend. Uh, and? Do you have one of those? Or maybe it's coworkers or friends and colleagues. They all need something from us. Maybe it's our time. Maybe it's more than our time. Maybe it's a commitment. You know, whatever that is. We have commitments to jobs, to school, and to all kinds of other things. Where does the relationship to the Father rank among all those, those responsibilities? Do we make time for that relationship? Are we doing the things that sustain relationship with Jesus during the course of our week? Danelle often tells the story. I don't tell it as much as she does. But whenever we were going through counseling, we were going through marriage counseling several years ago, I was very forgetful and I'm still very forgetful and if I don't write something down I'll forget about it and I, I, I learned that early on and so you know it's one of those things that really helped me and when I was in the workaday world if you write it down you don't forget and so I learned that early on and I, it kept me out of trouble it was great well when I came home I, I, I'm at home I can relax well I Danelle liked for me to tell her that I loved her and she liked for me to tell her that 
that I, I thought she looked pretty or that, you know, she wore a nice dress or, you know, that, you know, oh, it looks like you've lost weight. You know, well, the problem I had was I would think it, but I never said it. And so we're going through counseling and she's talking to our counselor and it's like, yeah, he, he, never, he never shows any affection. He never, you know, of course, you know, like the, what they say in counseling, you never and always, you, 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 you've got to, got to get somewhere in the middle of all that. But, but she was telling the truth. I, I, would, I would think it. She'd wear a nice dress and I was like, oh, wow, she looks good. But I never, it never came out of my mouth. And so we're talking to our counselor one night and he said, okay, let me give you a nickel's worth of free advice. Write stuff down. Make sticky notes. Tell your wife that. Tell your wife you love her. Tell your wife that she looks pretty. Tell your wife that that you like how she smells and uh, whatever. You know, just think about it. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm I, I started doing this, and and and. and she didn't really like it very much because it was too mechanical. Why can't you think to say that on your own? But if, if I didn't write it down, I would never remember to say it. And so it took a little bit of discipline for me to get to the place. And now I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll tell her, hey, babe, I, lo- I love you. You look pretty today. That's not just because I'm standing here in front of everybody. But it was a matter of making that a priority during my week. Now let's talk about our relationship with the Lord. Can we build into our week the rhythms that will allow the Lord to make an impact on us, to change us, to make us more like Him? I think we can do that. And part of that is just making the time to do it. Part of that, you know, and, and, it's, and it's really easy nowadays. I don't know if you knew this, but there are apps on your smartphone that will remind you, hey, um, you said that you wanted to pray today at 6 o'clock. And it will remind you, hey, time to pray. There are apps that have devotions, and they also have reminders. If you'd like to be reminded, yeah, I want to do this in the morning before I go to work. It's just a matter of using those things. Did you know that? But seriously, are we setting aside time, some quiet time to spend with the Lord? I mean, this is what Jesus was doing. He spent some time to be quiet so that He could connect with the Father. Are we making time to read Scripture? You know, it was a a thing in, in Jewish culture that all the young men learned Scripture. They, their, their Scripture was the Old Testament. And they actually memorized it before they were 12 years old. This was what they had to do as part of their, their religious training, a part of their education. Do we make time to pray? I mean, our prayers, that, that allows us to deepen our intimacy with the Lord. The time that we spend with Him and, and, and talk about the things that we're concerned about in our lives. Are we actively taking care of our bodies? You know, it's, it's kind of hard to, to get up early in the morning and, and pray if you stayed up till 12, 1 o'clock at night and, you know, you want to get up at 6. And, and this was something, I, when I was in college, you know, we, we burned the candle at both ends and I was in Bible college. 
And so I can't tell you how many times that I went to bed at like 12, 1 o'clock at night, got up at 5.30 in the morning, and fell sound asleep on my knees face forward. <laughs> the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. <laughs> And if we take better care of ourselves, we, you know, you might actually be able to get up in the morning and, you know, and you might not need so much coffee. And, and you know, who knows how much better you'll feel if you, you know, just get a, get a few more minutes or hours of, of sleep if you can do that. But are we taking care of our bodies? Are we, are we, we paying attention to our, our physical rhythms? Are we actively pursuing relationship, God, seeking His presence? I mean, we, we, can, we can seek the Lord's presence throughout the day, wherever we're going. You know, maybe while you're driving along. Maybe while you, you know, you're, you're doing your job. Just do, through conversation with the Lord throughout the day. You know, and this is one of our prayers. You know, we say, come Holy Spirit. We believe He meets us where, wherever we are and what we're doing. Do we give ourselves a true Sabbath rest? And we're not talking about like a, like a day of worship because, you know, we come here and, you know, that's kind of our thing to do. But, but we also need a day to, to rest where we can, we can renew our bodies, where we can renew our minds, where we can, we can be refreshed. If you were here the, the first week of the, of the year this year, I told you about our trip to Florida. Remember? I was excited about what I felt like God was going to do this year and the church and you know and I'm I'm talking to Danelle and you know and telling her like yeah we're going to do this we're going to do that we our church is going to grow we're going to do all this kind of stuff. Well, we have Easter in the Park coming up in 5 weeks. 5 weeks. And there's a lot that we need to do to get ready for it. Shauna talked a little bit about it this morning that, you know, we've got to collect the eggs and we've got to collect the candy. And then we need volunteers, and, you know, and then we, we're, we've got to get the word out, you know, and hand out the flyers and, you know, and, 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 and we're going to be advertising on the radio and we're going to be advertising in the newspaper, you know. So all this stuff, we've got to get all this stuff ready. And then another four weeks after that, we're going to have Alpha. And this was something I didn't realize. I, I, I wanted to do Alpha. And so, um, so I went out there to their website, and, they, and they, they're asking, okay, when, do you, when would you like to do Alpha? Well, we, we were thinking about doing that whenever we start our community groups, and it'll take the place of our community groups this summer. So, you know, our community groups are supposed to start the week of, of May the 19th. So I went out to the Alpha website, and I've, I've filled this stuff out. And the next thing you know... I get an email back. It's like, okay, May the 22nd, you're on. And I started getting emails from people from all over the country. It's like, yeah, we're going to be praying for you. We're going to be sending you stuff. And, we'll, you know, and it was like, oh, man, we're on the record. This, this is for real. And, I, and I'm saying all that just because this is something that we're looking forward to. And, and a lot like... Whenever the disciples and Jesus were hanging out, you know, it's like, well, gosh, we've got, we've got to get busy. You know, if we're, going to, if we're going to reach all these people in Galilee, you know, we've been here, we need to go over here, and we need to do this. And, you know, in Jesus, you know, come on, because these people are going to want to, you know, we get so busy, and we're, we're looking, looking ahead, and we're not even thinking about the fact that the most important thing is to make time for the Father. If you remember, 
in that when I was telling you about our conversation in the car, I'm going on and finally Danelle said, what difference is any of this stuff going to make? We need to fall in love with Jesus. We need to connect with the Lord on this thing. Because none of this stuff, even if we were able to grow the church, He's the one who grows the church. He's the one who builds the church. In his book, The Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster wrote the following words as part of the book's introduction. Superficiality is the curse of the age. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. So I want to ask you as, as, we, as I close here this morning, how are the rhythms of your life this morning? I got up this morning and, and I woke up about 4 o'clock, couldn't go back to sleep, and I was, I was still, still kind of tweaking my, my sermon. And then I, I had to come to the church and we had, had worship and I got here and, and, and I was running late and I was, I, 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 things were, were all out of whack this morning. And, and, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes things just get thrown out of, out of whack and, you know, and we, we just, we need to kind of, if we could push the reset button, that would be awesome. But then there's times that we, we kind of get out of control and it just kind of stays that way. You know? We're, we, we don't make the time or we, we keep intending to do it and something else ends up taking the place. And, 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 it, and it's not a priority and, and we find ourselves just in a quandary about how, how do I get off this merry-go-round? Do you feel like you're disconnected from the Lord this morning? Because in a lot of ways, the, it's the rhythms that also feed into that feeling of being disconnected. You know, it, it's at any time we can turn to the Lord, you know, draw near to the Lord, He'll draw near to us. That's what Scripture says. But a lot of times, we've got to get things in our world lined out. And, and, and part of that is just making sure that Jesus, making sure that the Father is the, is the main priority. Maybe you're here and you're struggling with your relationship with the Lord. I was talking to a friend not too long ago, and he was telling me about the stuff that was going on in his life, and it, it, was, it was a mess. And he was just saying, you know, I, I'm praying, and, and I just don't, I don't feel like I'm getting through. I don't feel like the... I, I, it's like I'm, I'm praying to a, to a brass ceiling. And I, you know, and, I, and I just tried to encourage him, like... You, You've got, to, you've got to believe first in, by, by faith that the Lord is going to, he's going to receive you. And then you just, just keep doing it. Keep trying to connect. Every little, little effort that we make, because that, that, that Scripture's true. If we draw near to Him, He'll draw near to us. Maybe you're struggling with the important people in your life. You know, the ones that you have, have committed yourself to. A spouse. Maybe your children. Maybe your parents. Whatever that might be. It's a matter of just making the decision to make it a priority. Because, you know, that's what Jesus did. He made the relationship a priority. 
In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That's what all of this is about. It's about finding the easy yoke, finding that, that light yoke that the Lord wants to share with us. And it's just a matter of, of saying, Yes, Lord, help me. Meet me. And He will. Jesus wants to, wants to help us get rhythm with Him and with the Father today. Can we stand together?